to the Fun Sexual Podcast. This is your girl, Majesty, as usual. And we have made it to episode 11. 11 episodes. 11 weeks of content. 11 weeks of laughs. And some frustration. But yeah, we've made it to episode 11. I know I'm late, y'all. I, I'm, I'm late on this episode, and I, I apologize. This is this is coming out on Thursday. I was in Mexico last week with some friends, and I got back on Sunday night. And when I got back, I had work to do. I'm also working on a little project that I'm going to be telling y'all about very soon. So I'm just trying to get everything together. And with all of that going on, I just didn't have time to sit down and come up with my outline and do the research that I needed to do for this episode. So that's why this episode is late, but I promise it is going to be very educational. It's going to be very, very good. And I can't wait to, I can't wait to get into it. I have been on the fence about just recording through um, my neighbors walking upstairs. It seems like every time I sit down to try to record an episode for the podcast, my neighbors just start walking around upstairs and you can hear every creak, you can hear every noise, you can hear every step, and it is fucking frustrating trying to record this goddamn podcast in this motherfucking apartment. I am tired. I am frustrated. And usually I crop it out or I stop and I wait till they stop walking around and record. And at that point, my what I wanted to say has changed. My tone has changed. My mood has changed because I'm fucking frustrated. And I have decided that I am not going to keep editing that out. I'm going to let y'all hear it. I'm going to just let y'all hear it and I'm going to let it flow because this is, this is the, the nature of my situation right now. I live in an apartment... Um, I live on the bottom floor of an apartment with neighbors that I don't even know when they fucking work anymore. I think they used to go to work. I don't know. They be here during the day. I don't fucking know. I don't know. The shit is frustrating, but this is, this is what I got. So, so y'all are going to hear it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to edit it out anymore. I'm not going to talk around it anymore. This is, this is, this is what it is. Okay. So there's that. Anyway. This week's episode is going to be all about STDs and STIs, okay? We've learned about this in sex ed, and I mean, I'm 27. I did sex ed in high school over 10 years ago, and the way we were taught about sex is not (laughs) the ways that I have experienced sex. The way that I've learned about STDs and STIs in high school is not the ways that I've experienced STDs and STIs in high school. My outlook on them has completely changed, And that is why I am happy to give you guys this episode. I had to do a lot of research um, because I think I have a a good knowledge about STDs and STIs, but there are some things that I don't know. And so I had to, I really had to dig deep and do a lot of research for this one. So we're going to get started. The very first thing that I want to clarify is what is an STD or an STI? Okay. Um, diseases or infections that are passed from one person to another through sexual contact of the penis, the vulva, the anus, the mouth, um, the skin, the vagina, through sexual contact, right? Now, when I was in high school and growing up, it was always referred to as STDs. More recently, we are seeing people shift that and calling them STIs. And so what is the difference? An STD is a sexually transmitted disease, where an STI is a sexually transmitted infection. Are they the same? No. Are they used interchangeably? Yes. Why? Because an infection occurs before the disease. 
but all infections do not turn into diseases. Also, all sexually transmitted diseases don't start as infections. Well, technically they do, and, and here's why. Because an infection is when the virus or the bacteria enters the body and multiplies. That's it. It has entered the body. That is the infection. You are now infected, right? The disease occurs when the bacteria or the virus starts affecting the functionality of your body, and that's when it, it develops into a disease. So they are different, but they are used very interchangeably. I am trying to kind of get away from um, saying STD and, you know, changing it out for STI because the word has, has evolved. Uh, initially, people used venereal disease and venereal, which I didn't know until I did this outline, means um, relating to sexual desire or interest. So a sexual uh, uh, disease that was related to sexual desire or interest. That's what, that's what, or, or VD, that's what STDs and STIs were called. Then they changed the word to STD and now we're, we're using the, the word STI. Um, and why they went from STD to STI is because the word disease has a lot of negative stigma associated with it. And so, you know, people didn't want to, you know, talk about it or say it or claim it or get, like, it, it had a lot of negativity around it, the word disease. So people, they went to infection, which is supposed to sound better. But, I, you know, I hate that. Maybe it's the Sagittarius in me. I don't know. I hate sugarcoating shit. Why can't we just call things what they are? If it's a disease, it's a disease. If it's an infection, it's an infection. Like, if you have one, you have one. If you don't, you don't. Like, I don't understand this need to sugarcoat things, to make it a little bit more digestible. No, like, this is <laughs> this is why we have so many problems that we have now. We need to start calling things what they are and talking about things and having the conversations because once you try to sugarcoat it, you're basically saying that it's bad, that it's indigestible, whatever. And that is when you get negative stigmas associated around those things. Once you start putting it, making, you make them bad by, by you can't say that word. You, you have to replace the E in sex with a star because you can't type sex or the A in rape with a star because you can't type rape. It's like, why are we sugarcoating it? Call it what it is. Sex is sex. Rape is rape. A disease is a goddamn disease. And that's just what it is. That's just what it is. That's how I see things. But I digress. Anyway, um... So, yeah, that's that's why it happens. And, and you realize, I actually have a story a little bit later, you'll realize that that happens a lot, um, at least in this space. And I think it's so stupid. Anyway, so I asked this question many, many months ago um, on my Instagram page, at the fun sexual, if you don't follow me already. <laughs> um, but how many different STDs and STIs can you name off of the top of your head? I'm going to give you all a couple seconds. And there's no right or wrong answer. I'm not judging you. Um, so when I did this exercise, I was able to name eight off the top of my head. And that was HIV and AIDS, herpes, gonorrhea, syphilis, chlamydia, trichomoniasis, um, crabs, and HPV. Um, and there, there are over 20 different sexually transmitted diseases and infections out there. Over 20. And I'm not saying that to scare you. I'm saying that to say sex is such a, 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 a big part of our lives. And I don't want to say big, like everybody's fucking all the time, but sex is, sex is definitely a part of our lives. We do it. We enjoy it. We seek it out. We watch it. You know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a part of our lives. It's just what it is. 
And there's still so much that we don't know about it. Like, yes, we took sex ed, but we still don't really know, know a lot about it. At least not me personally. I think I, can, again, consider myself a person that knows a great deal about this because I, I, I worry, I used to worry a lot about um, contracting STDs and stuff. But, you know, that I've, do, through my research, I have kind of minimized my concerns about it because I know the things that I need to do to protect myself. So I'm able to be a little bit more comfortable and not freak out about it. But because of that, I've done a lot of research. And I'm, I'm going to tell some of my little stories back, you know, from back in the day a little bit later. But, yes, there are over 20 STDs and STIs that we know of exist, right? And so I gave y'all those eight, and now I'm going to break down those eight, what they are, and, you know, just, I'm going to sum them up real quick, okay? So HIV and AIDS, what does it do? It breaks down the immune system. It is contracted through, and I'm only talking about sexually, y'all. It is contracted through blood, semen, and vaginal fluids, not through saliva and not from skin-to-skin contact. It is incurable, and the virus does live in your body forever, um, there are medicines to help with the symptoms, but the actual treatment of the, the, um, virus there, you, it, you're, it's incurable. We, for the most part, know that. Number two was, um, herpes. So there are two forms of herpes. There's HSV-1, herpes, herpes simplex virus 1, and herpes simplex virus 2. HSV-1 and HSV-2, that is herpes. HSV-1 back in the day was said to be um, oral herpes and HSV-2 was said to be genital herpes. We have, the way we have sex has changed where it's not, our sex is not just genital to genital and mouth to mouth. We are putting mouth to genitals in different ways. So HSV-1 can be on your um, genitals and HSV-2 can be in your mouth. That's just, you know. Sex has changed. You know, we like getting hit. We like getting hit. It's what it is. Um, but commonly, when we see herpes or we know when we hear herpes, we think of like sores and blisters on the um, on the mouth or on the genitals and stuff like that. But herpes is actually um, skin to skin. Um, and so it can really occur anywhere in the body. You can have herpes of the eye, herpes of the um, of your skin, your you know stomach. You can have herpes pretty much anywhere on your body. It, it can happen. Um a lot of times it's asymptomatic. So you can have herpes and never have a breakout. You can have herpes and only have one breakout ever and then never have a breakout again. And usually the first breakout is the worst one that you'll ever get. Um, you can have a breakout and then, you know, five years from now have, an have another breakout. And, you know, it, but nothing has happened in, in between those five years. Um, so it, herpes is a little, a little more complex. Um, it can be contracted even when condoms are used again because it's a skin to skin. So if I have if I have a, you know a herpes on my mom's pubis on my vulva and we're having sex with a condom, you know that's just protecting. That's not protecting you know your uh, mound, your pubic mound. I don't know what else to call it on a man, but that's not protecting your pubic mound from my pubic mound. So you know you could still contract um, herpes in that way. It is incurable. But again, you can have, you will have the virus. If you contract the virus, you will have the virus, but it can be like dormant in your body. You may never, ever have another outbreak. You may never have an outbreak in the first place, but once you have it, you have it forever. That is, you know, I've heard people 
in the past say that they had herpes or they contracted herpes and then years later they're like, I don't have it no more. That's not true. Um, you still have it. It is still in your body. It might not be, you might not have, be having a reaction. You might not be having sores. You might not be having outbreak, but the virus is still in your body. And even if you are not having an outbreak, you can still transmit herpes. It is less, it is significantly less likely, um, but you can, you can still, you can still um, transmit it to somebody else. So it, it's a lot, there's a lot of information. There's a lot of percentages and a lot, there's a lot, if you want to know more, definitely look it up. There's a lot of information, but here's one statistic that I read and y'all, I'm going to let y'all, I'm going to put y'all onto this. Okay. Over 60% of people, 60, six out of 10, more than half of people under 50 years old have HSV one whether it's in their mouth or on the genitals, 60%. So it is more likely that you have it than you don't. It is more likely that you've slept with somebody, have had sex with somebody who has had HSV-1 than it is likely that you did if you're fucking people under 50 years old, okay? So it is way more common than you think, and that's not, that's not me trying to scare you. That is me just letting you know that it's... STDs are not uncommon, first of all. They can happen to anybody. None of us are exempt. None of us are that special. It can happen to literally anybody, and it happens to most people. Most of us will contract an STD in our life. Like, that's just <laughs> that's just the reality of it. I have, ooh, I just hit myself in the chin. I have contracted two STDs in my life, but I'm going to talk to you about that a little bit later. So, anyway, um, oh, another thing about herpes. Um... Herpes generally isn't tested when you go to your doctor and ask for like a full panel screening. You typically have to specifically request to get tested for HSV-1 and HSV-2. Why, you might ask? Let me tell you. I asked my doctor and I said, because I went for my full panel, I was getting ready for a little event that I was about to go to. It was going to be litty. And so I went and get to get my little full panel. And um, I asked her, I was like, you know, what tests are ran on this full panel? So she told me, and she did not say HSV-1 or HSV-2. So I said, can you test me for that? And then I was like, well, why Why isn't that you know already included? It's so popular. Like, why isn't that already included? And she said, her words were, because it causes more harm than help. Let me say that again. She said, people don't get tested for herpes regularly, you know, just by request, they, they get tested for um, herpes only by request because it causes more harm than help. People are so afraid of contracting this STD, STI, right? People have such a negative stigma about contracting this STD and STI that it literally breaks up relationships, when somebody finds out, sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes it can break up a relationship when people find out that they have contracted herpes. And so many people have, it's so common that they've said, fuck it, we ain't even gonna really be testing people like that, letting them know that they got this because they be freaking out when they hear it. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that, that like, why Why can't we have that conversation? Why, why is that so hard to digest? Why, and I'm gonna tell you why, it's because I know for me, when I was in school learning about STDs and STIs, it wasn't taught from a perspective of like 
protect yourself. They were trying to scare us out of having sex. So instead of telling me, you know, just telling us to practice safe sex, if we're doing it, do it once you are responsible enough to, to deal with the consequences of sex and all that kind of stuff. Instead of teaching sex that way, they tried to scare us and they showed us, you know, these really scary pictures and diseases are bad and scary. And, Ooh, we oh no, they did all of that. Instead of just saying, you know, um, this is, this is what happens. This is the statistics. Herpes sounds scary, but when you do your research, it's not that scary. It really isn't like, <laughs> and I'm saying this as someone who's, I've done, I've done the research. I've, I've done the research. It's not as scary. Um, you know, transmission is a, a lot less likely than you think it is, but I digress. Anyway. Um, hmm. So the next one that I listed was gonorrhea. Gonorrhea is a very common bacterial infection that infects the penis, the vagina, the cervix, the anus, the urethra, the throat, and the eyes. It is carried in semen and vaginal fluids, and it is transmitted through vaginal, anal, and oral sex, okay? So um, typically, people are asymptomatic, uh, but it can show up as like a yellowish or bloody discharge or some burning while urinating. Um, gonorrhea is curable with antibiotics and should be treated early to avoid more serious health issues. And this is why it's important to get tested regularly because certain things, um, STDs and STIs can develop into other things and have much bigger problems like down the line. So like get tested. One of those other ones that can, you want to catch early is syphilis. Syphilis is another uh, bacterial infection that causes sores on the genitals. It is spread by skin-to-skin -skin contact, right? So condoms, you know, don't necessarily protect against um, syphilis. Um, it's spread through skin-to-skin contact through the um, vaginal, anal, or oral sex. So if you're having sex, y'all are bumping uglies and, you know, rubbing up against each other and stuff like that, you can contract syphilis even with a condom. It affects the vagina, the anus, the penis, or the scrotum. Um, it is curable with antibiotics, but it should be treated early to avoid more serious um, illnesses, including brain damage, paralysis, and fucking blindness. You can get, you can go blind from contracting chlamydia and not having it treated. Like again, get tested regularly. I'm gonna say that a lot. Like get tested regularly just because like you don't know you can contract an std and have it just sitting and sitting and sitting and sitting and it could develop into something you know some stds can develop where a woman can become infertile like blindness blindness like just get tested okay so another one on that list was trichomoniasis aka trick right and that is caused by a parasite that is spread during sex. It is carried in semen and vaginal fluids. And when I say semen, I'm also talking about pre-cum, you know, a little clear that come out before you actually come, pre-cum um, and vaginal fluids. And that is why, uh, you know, this is in my, my outline, but that's why people using a pull-out method as, you know, not only like contracts, whatever, but people using the pull-out method drives me crazy because semen, there is semen in pre-cum, y'all. You can get pregnant from pre-cum. And pre-cum doesn't happen when the man or the penis ejaculates. It happens before and they don't, sometimes don't even feel it. It just kind of like oozes out. So like, just be smart, y'all. Just be smart. And, you know, STDs are also, STDs and SEIs also carried in um, pre-cum. So just, you know, whatever. Anyway, trichomoniasis caused by parasite. 
carried in semen and vaginal fluids, and it is typically asymptomatic. A lot of these STDs and STIs don't present symptoms, so you can have it and not even know, right? But when it does present, when trichomoniasis does trichomoniasis does present, it can present as um, vaginitis, which is a, a vaginal irritation, or um, smelly discharge, or it can present um, um, as irritation while peeing. So, you know, there's that. And uh, But trichomoniasis is curable. So get tested regularly, y'all, okay? The next one that I was able to mention was pubic lice. Crabs. Um, they're a small parasite that attach the hair and skin of the genitals and feed on your blood like vampires, right? Symptoms include intense itching. Um, it is spread through close personal contact with an infected person. So that's another one. If someone has um, pubic lice or crabs, condoms are not protecting you against that. It's on the hair, you know, it's on their it's on their, their hair. It attaches to their hair. So you guys are again bumping uglies. And you can get you can get crabs. You can you can get crabs. I believe you can get crabs from being in the same bed as somebody, sleeping in the same bed close. Y'all spooning. You can get crabs that way. So like, get tested, y'all. Um, symptoms include intense itching. If you have crabs, typically you're gonna know that you have crabs. Um, intense itching, um, and it is curable with over-the-counter medicine. So boom. The next one that I was able to um, mention or was able to recall was HPV, this is actually the last one that I was able to recall, was HPV, which is the human papilloma virus, okay? Um, there are hundreds of types of HPV, but only 40 types can affect the genital area. It is spread through skin-to-skin -skin contact. So again, this is one that um, condoms are not gonna protect against. And, and a lot of us are having oral sex without condoms, and dental dams anyway. Like I think more people, I'm gonna I'm give I'm gonna give us some credit. A lot of us are using condoms. Fine. I don't think a lot of us are using dental dams and condoms when we're eating pussy and sucking dick. I just don't. <laughs> I don't see it. I don't see it happening enough. You know. Um, and I'm, that's not me shaming because I don't use condoms often when I'm sucking. The only time I use condoms when I'm sucking dick is if I'm at like a party and these are people that I like don't know. But other than that, I don't. And I'm not, again, I'm not shaming anybody. This is not a place for shaming at all. But I'm saying we need to be mindful of these things. We need to know these things. And this is why it's so important to get tested. This is why it's so important. And I'm going to preach this. I'm going to preach this to the day that I die. This is why it's so important to get tested. Anyway, HPV spread through skin-to-skin -skin contact. And then it's grouped in two different categories. There's the low-risk category and the high-risk category. The low-risk category of HPV causes genital warts. Right, and then the high risk version of HPV can eventually lead to cancer of the vulva, the vagina, the penis, the anus, the mouth, and the throat. Okay, most people will contract HPV at some point in their lives. I believe it was something like 75% of sexually active people will contract HPV at some point in their life. Um, it is it. It, it, it subsides on its own. It's something that'll kind of go away on its own. And another one, men generally aren't tested for HPV when they ask for a pull panel unless they specifically ask for it because it has no effect on them. They won't get genital warts, um, and so they can carry it, but they typically aren't tested for it. 
How fucked up is that? My expectation initially was like, if I go to the doctor and say, hey doc, I want to get a full panel STD workup, whatever, screening, was that they are testing me for everything, the things that I can mention and the things that I can't mention, but that is not the case. You Some things you have to specifically ask for. And, and it doesn't hurt to ask your doctor, like, what is included in this full panel? They could be like, it's these eight. Okay, you'd be like, all right, where the other 12 at? I want the other 12 too, you know? Some things you can't get tested for unless you have like an outbreak or whatever, or they would have to do like, I know with herpes, if you um, don't have an outbreak, you have to do the, um, they have to test you for the antibodies to see if you have the antibodies um, because there's nothing else to test if, if you don't, whatever. So here's just a few things that I looked up because I didn't even know that they existed at all. Well, I might have known. Some of these, I, I knew they existed, but when I had to sit down and really think about, like, which STDs I knew of, they didn't come to mind. So one, scabies. Scabies are a tiny parasite, which I think they call them, like, scabie mites, that cause an itchy condition on the skin. They burrow under the top layer of your skin and lay eggs, and then those eggs hatch, and you got baby scabies crawling up on you, Okay. Um, it's passed through skin to skin contact. That's another one that you can get from sleeping in the bed with somebody, but it is curable. Okay. Another one. I'm about to fuck this word up. Hold on. Molluscum contagiosu. Contagiosu. Molluscum contagiosu. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but it is an infection that causes small bumps on the skin. It's contracted from skin to skin contact. It's curable, um, but it usually goes away on its own. Okay. Another one, hepatitis B. Hepatitis B is a virus that causes liver disease. It's carried in semen, vaginal fluids, and blood. It is spread through vaginal, anal, and oral sex, and it is incurable. Another one, um, cancroid. Cancroid, I'm not sure if this is cancroid or chancroid, but it is a bacterial infection that causes painful ulcers on the genital region. Women typically do not have symptoms. It is spread through skin-to-skin contact, and it can be treated with antibiotics, okay? And another one, I can't believe I didn't think it is, but I don't consider this an STD or STI, but I guess it is. BV, bacterial vaginosis. It is an imbalance of the good bacteria in the vagina. Scientists, doctors, they don't know exactly what it is that causes BV, um, but, like, I think this is another one, like, 80% of women have or have had BV. You have a flare-up, and then it subsides, and it comes back, and some people get BV every time their period comes, or some people experience BV every time they have sex with a certain person or use a certain type of condoms. Like, vaginas are complicated. I'm going to do an episode on that, because owning a vagina is stressful. But, you know, this is just one of the things that we deal with. Um, sometimes BV can be asymptomatic, but symptoms can include a fishy smell, excessive vaginal discharge, and irritation, and it can be treated by antibiotics. Um, you know, I I have BV. I experience BV. Um, comes and goes depending on, you know, stress, depending on who I'm having sex with, depending on which condoms I'm using, you know, it, depending on the, the season. The, if it's hot and sweaty outside, the coochie, the coochie gets all hot and sweaty. Sometimes that could, you know, throw off the, the the bacteria in my vagina. So it's 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 a lot, but, you know, it's a thing that happens. And then, you know, that was that was at least, what was that, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12? That was, there's still more. There's still more STDs out there that we don't know. That, that I don't know and that I was not going to include in this episode because it's already getting kind of long. But just be aware. 
and, and, and get tested. And this is why it is so important to get tested regularly. Did you see how many I said were um, can be asymptomatic? You can you can you can not feel a thing, not see a thing, not smell a thing. Everything could just be operating as normal, and you could still have an STD or an STI. This is why it is so important to get tested regularly. No matter how many partners you have, you could be sleeping with one person. It's still important to go get tested. They could be sleeping with excuse me. They could be sleeping with just you. It's still important to go get tested you could be married it is still important to go get tested and i'm not saying you have to get tested every month i'm not saying you gotta get tested every time you every time you have sex if you're married maybe go get tested once a year when you do a physical go just while you're at the doctor's office be like yo just drop me some blood and swab my coochie a little bit you know just it's it's so important it's so important that we are up and aware of what is going on with our health and it doesn't even matter if you're using condoms or not Using condoms does not protect against everything, okay? And again, regularly depends on you and how often you want to get tested. Personally, I like to get tested every time the season changes. Four times a year, every three months, I go get tested. Lately, I'm barely having sex, so I haven't been up on that. I haven't gotten tested since it's been maybe six months or something like that since I've gotten tested. I think it's been like six months. Uh, I think like September October time frame was the last time, but I mean, I'm also not having sex <laughs> almost at all. It's kind of sad. <laughs> it's kind of sad, but you know, that's just when I start having sex again, I'll go get tested regularly again. But you know, again, when I say get tested regularly, it's up to you what's regularly for you, you know? Um, and also let's normalize asking our partners to do the same and share results, even if you're using condoms. Okay. Quick story. I recently had sex with um, a guy, fairly recently had sex with a guy who, you know, I've known for, for a while. And he, you know, when we had talked about the possibility of us having sex, um, I let him know. I was just like, hey, like, when was the last time that you got tested? And he was like, you know, whatever it was. And I was like, okay, well, you know, it's been a minute. You don't need to handle that. However that conversation went. And so, you know, he went, he got tested, you know, it took him a little while to get it together. He had some life shit going on, I think. Um, but, you know, he, t- he went and got tested. And so then he came over so we could, you know, bump uglies and do the freak nasty, right? And so when he was here, I guess he had the impression that me telling him to go get tested was me saying that we were going to have unprotected sex. Now, I don't, I don't do that. Let me, let me not say I don't do that. I am not having unprotected sex with somebody that I'm having sex with for the first time. That's never going to be an option for me. Where I might have done that back in the day when I was younger and a, little, a lot less cautious. You know, one thing. But today, now, current day, that's not something that I'm doing. Like we, we're going to be having sex for a while before we decide that we are going to, you know, not use condoms if, if we do that anyway, because that comes with other things. Then I got to start worrying about pregnancy and birth control and that comes with a whole bunch of other stuff. And I just, I don't, I don't want to be bothered, but getting tested doesn't mean for me, you know, whatever it means for you, but getting tested for me does not mean that we're going to have unprotected sex because there's still so many like, no. Mm-mm. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just not, I'm just not doing that for nobody. Anyway, um, and there's no shame, there's no shame in wanting to be safe. You should definitely be asking your partners, um, 
if they've gotten tested, when's the last time they've gotten tested, and all of that kind of stuff, right? I can't tell you how many times I have asked somebody, like, to see their results, and they couldn't produce them, or they hit me with a, I've never been asked that before. Like, why is that my problem? I don't care that you ain't never been asked that before. Are you not getting tested? Why aren't we doing this, y'all? Why aren't we doing this? And I'm talking, I'm primarily talking to, I'm going to say from, I'm going to say from 20 to 30. Even I'm, I'm, I'm going to say from 25 to 30. Why aren't we doing this? At 25, we are grown. We ain't grown, grown, but we grown. By 30, we get, we get, we get into damn near grown, grown. Why aren't we asking this question? And even if you're not asking questions, why aren't you getting tested yourself? If somebody asked me for my results and the last time I've been tested, it would take me a couple minutes to go through my email, but I got my stuff. I got my, I got my paperwork. There's apps like the Safe app where you can get your doctor to upload your results to the app so you can have it, boom, right there on an app. Why aren't we doing this? Why aren't we asking that question? Why is it, why is it so uncommon when I know for me, when I ask uh, 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 guys primarily, because that's primarily who I sleep with, um, but why is it that when I ask them, they, they've never been asked that before, why aren't we asking this question, y'all? We have to do better. We have to do better, and especially as black people, like the rates of SCDs and SCIs in our community is so high, we need to be asking that question. When was the last time you got tested? Can you share your results with me and I'll share mine with you? Why is that so hard to ask? Is it because it's awkward? Is it because you're scared to insult somebody? Well, let me tell you what is awkward. Awkward is having to call the last four people that you had sex with and telling them that you contracted an STD or an STI and they should go get tested. That is awkward. Um, you don't want to insult somebody? It's only an insult if you or the other person correlates having an STD or an STI with cleanliness. Because they do that, oh, what you calling me dirty thing? I've heard that before. No, I'm not calling you dirty. I'm saying that you can have something that you don't even know that you have, and I don't want it. Having an STD or an STI does not make you dirty. It has nothing to do with cleanliness. Nothing at all. And that's why, you know, we went from the phrase STD to STI because disease, people were scared to hear diseases. It's, it's gross. It's sick. It's, it's dirty. That's not dirty. That's not dirty. You are infected. You have, you have something and you need to go get treated for it or, you know, go get on the medicine for it or do whatever you need to do. You have something that you need to handle. That doesn't make you dirty, which is why I hate when people use the reference like clean versus dirty when they're talking about STDs and STIs because that's not, that's not where it is. But that can be awkward when you have to, you know, tell somebody that you have something and that they might have it as well. That's awkward. Awkward is not asking somebody when is the last time they got tested. Awkward is not saying that you want to use condoms, that we're, you know, we're going to be using condoms if we're having sex. That's not awkward, okay? Awkward is, is, is announcing to somebody that you had sex with without a condom that you pregnant and, and so you got to figure out what they want to do or what you want to do. And like, who the hell wants to go through that? I know I don't. I, I'm, I'm very much against having to go through that. I like an easy life. So anyway, um, I'm in a place right now where if I ask you for your results and you can't produce them, I'm going just, to just pass. Especially where I am right now, today, present time, 2021. What is this, March? Like, I am trying to fuck and that's where I'm at right now. So if I'm, if I'm talking to people on Tinder, right, 
and we decide that we're going to have sex and I ask you for your, you know, have you gotten tested? It was the last time you got tested. Can you share and produce your results for me? And they can't do that. Then I'm going to move on because it was, a, it was a swipe and I'm going to, I'm going to swipe and find somebody else. But you would be surprised how many people cannot produce that. It is incredible how many people cannot produce that. Uh, whatever. Um, and so, and, and the reason that that's important to me is because, right, not just because I don't want to contract, you know, an SCD or an STI, but because, again, uh, but because I need to know that you are taking care of yourself. I like knowing that you are taking care of yourself because that means that you are going to, you're more likely to take care of me because you, you want to make sure that I, that I am not giving you something that you were unaware of, you know? Like if I know if, if if somebody is taking care of themselves or they're regularly getting tested, then they are they are being mindful, they're being conscious, they're using condoms for the most part. You know, you don't know you never know one hundred percent what anybody is doing, but it, it it leaves that place in my mind like this is somebody who's who's on top of their stuff, and that makes me feel more comfortable, and that makes the sex better for me. Um, so again, normalize um, asking people for their results, and don't shame people or yourself if you contract an STD. It is not the end of the world. Having an STD, contracting an STD is not the end of the world. Life happens. We are fucking. We are fucking and it is going to happen. I don't think that there's going to be a way to eradicate STDs for a very long time. Probably not in our lifetime. It happens. Don't shame yourself. You're not dirty if you contract one. When I was in college, I got chlamydia. Um, but I was able, you know, to get the and take the antibiotics and clear it up. But I was young. I was 17, maybe 18. I was probably seven. I think I was 17. And I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed. I was ashamed because I felt, you know, I felt dirty. Again, this was 10 years ago. I felt dirty. I was just, I, you know, I couldn't believe that that happened. And, you know, I didn't know who I got it from. And, I, you know, it was just, there was a lot of emotion around that. Um, and I was, I got down on myself for a little while. And, but now that I'm a little older, I realized that I was, I was having more risky sex when I was younger. I was definitely having much more risky sex when I was, you know, um, uh, how old was I? Fucking 14, 15, 16, up at, you know, around that time. I was definitely having much more risky sex then than I am now. I am a lot more safe now, significantly safer now than I was back then. But that's because I didn't know better. I was, you know, embarrassed. My mom talked to me and my sister about sex and about um, STDs and STIs growing up. But she also did it from a place of kind of fear instead of, you know, just educating us. So I didn't I didn't know, you know, how to ask, you know, how to say I want to use a condom or like, you know, I didn't I didn't know. I just didn't know. I wasn't comfortable enough. I definitely wasn't comfortable enough in myself to, to make those requests and demands of the people that I was sleeping with, um, which, you know, hindsight 2020 as an older, much mature person, you know, th those conversations are a, a lot easier and a lot more common. But, you know, it's just that is how sex ed was taught. It was taught from a place of shame. And that is why I want to. I want to have these conversations because it's nothing to be ashamed of. I recently had a partner who told me that he contracted herpes. Um, backstory, um, I went to a sex party with some friends and we had a lot of fun doing a lot of things. And after the party, maybe a couple days after the party, 
or however long it was after the party, I had a partner who was at the party tell me that he had herpes. And so I, you know, initially freaked out. You know, I said, you know, I just was like, okay, well, you know, I'm going to wait because you're supposed to wait a two week or whatever incubation period and then go get tested because it might not show up for a little while. So I said, okay, uh, you know, um, I was asking him questions like, you know, did you have a breakout or whatever? You know, just asking some questions just to talk and kind of gauge what the hell was going on. And after that, you know, I freaked out once I got off the phone because I didn't want to do that and scare him because I know that it took a lot of courage for him to call me and tell me that because he also had to call all of the people that he had sex with at the party and tell them that, right? And then I had to call all the people at the party that I had sex with at the party and tell them. Like, do you see how it's, it's like a chain reaction? And, um... So yeah, I had to wait, you know, two weeks. But in that time, I just did, I did a, a ton of research on herpes because I was coming in with the mindset of like herpes is this, is the thing in the pictures that we saw in school. But again, once you do research on herpes, it's not as scary as you think that it is. It really isn't. And, you know, infection rate and when you can pass it on to people, especially if you're on the medicines that they give you and stuff like that it's a whole lot less likely that you're going to pass it on and all types of stuff. But I respect him. I have so much respect for him um, for, for coming to me and telling me that, you know, cause some people, some people won't, some people won't, they'll, they'll contract something, know they have something and they won't say anything to you. They'll just leave you in the dark and, and let that be that. And I don't, I don't, I don't like that. I like people who are going to communicate. I think it's very important because sex, sex is a responsibility. It is really, it is really a responsibility. As much fun as it is, as, as good as it feels, it's a responsibility. You have to be responsible for yourself, for your body, and then you also have to be responsible for the people that you're having sex with and the people that they're having sex with. And then they should also be responsible enough to make sure that they're not giving anything to you or, you know, that, that conversations around this stuff are happening. That is the biggest thing. We need to have these conversations. We need to, to talk about condom usage. We need to, and if we're not going to use, I'm not telling people not to, not to use condoms all the time. I'm saying if you're going to decide to fluid bond, because that's what it's called, fluid bonding. If you are going to decide to fluid bond with somebody, don't let it be by chance or by, by happenstance. Let it be because we had a conversation and we decided that we're going to do this. And we did what we needed to do ahead of time. We took the necessary precautions to make sure that when we're doing this, it can be an enjoyable experience. Because I know back when I was younger and I was having unprotected sex and I wasn't, you know, getting tested regularly and I wasn't asking my partners to get tested. There is so much anxiety around sex when you don't know what you're going to come out with. That shit is scary as fuck. You can't even enjoy the sex for real because you worry. Am I going to get an STD? Am I going to get pregnant? Is my pussy going to stink after this? Am I going to get a bum bump? You get a, you get a freaking ingrown hair and now you're like, oh my God. Like there's so much anxiety around it when that can be alleviated by having simple conversations. Um, so yeah, sex, sex is a responsibility. You have to be very responsible about having sex. And, and I just want to clarify something because this episode is running a little long and I'm going to cut it off right here. But let me clarify this. There's this idea that people with STDs and STIs look or smell a certain way. That's not true. The only way to know for sure is to get tested. 
That is the only way you know for sure. I have thought I had herpes 27 times in my life because I got an ingrown hair. Now I got a pimple, like you know, all types of shit. The only way that you know for sure is if you go and get tested. I remember hearing this thing when I was younger. I don't know if y'all heard about the earwax thing. And basically, if you take earwax out your ear, first of all, why are you able to gather that much earwax? Now I'm thinking about it, it's really fucking gross. Why are you able to gather that much earwax? If you gather earwax out of your ear and put it on a girl's clit and it burns, that means she burned it or that means she got an STD or something. That is the stupidest shit I have ever seen, <laughs> ever heard of. Nobody has ever done that to me. But that's the stupidest shit. And if there are adults that are believing that, please, please stop. That's dumb. The only way to know that you have an STD or an STI is to go and get tested. WebMD will scare you, okay? Go get tested. Go get tested. Go get tested regularly. Go get tested with your partners. They even have kits now that you can get. You can test yourself at home. I have, I have a kit. It's like $45 or something like that, maybe $50, and you can even get them on Amazon. I have a kit where you can test yourself for HIV at, at home, and it takes 5, 10 minutes, something like that. I've only used it one time. I've only had to use it one time, and, you know, you get a new kit every time. But, yeah, you can test yourself for HIV at home. They have kits for, like, gonorrhea and chlamydia that you can swab yourself or whatever at home, and then you send them off somewhere, and they send it back to you. So you don't even have to go to a clinic. It's more expensive if you do it that way, especially if you have insurance, just go to your doctor. But, you know, there's it's a thing. It's a thing. And, and I really, 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 I really, I love y'all. I love sex. I love having sex. I love feeling good after having sex. That's why I do it. I have sex because it feels good and because it's fun. And I want y'all to have feel-good, fun sex as well. But I also want y'all to be smart I want y'all to be safe, okay? I'm not going to sugarcoat things. I have fucked up in my life. Um, I have done things that I should not have done um, in my life. But it, it's it's a part of growing. And every time I fuck up and I come out of it, I'm, I'm a smarter person. I'm a better person, and I'm able to share that with y'all. So just be, be responsible. Be smart. Be smart. Be smart. Be smart. Um, get tested regularly. Get tested regularly. Get tested regularly. You know, just be aware. Be aware. And on that note, if you ain't got tested in a minute and you've been out here fucking, go get tested. Peace out.